Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Four Center friends. Make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, complete with child, this is Four Center. I'm Ken Napsok. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I'm excited to have a special talk about a special look. This is a special look at The Mandalorian Season 2, the one-minute special look TV spot halftime trailer extravaganza uh, <laughs> that uh, the world was waiting for. And look, I, you know, I'll start, Joseph, uh, you, we, we have some great thoughts to get to. I'll just start here. I, I, the, you know, w- 
this is not a trailer. This wasn't a trailer, but I don't recall anyone saying it was a trailer with the the names Disney and or Lucasfilm on their business cards. Yeah. Special look was the word used. A special look was the term used, and I think uh, what was not said on purpose was trailer, right? Because I think mm-hmm. what they wanted to say is, we don't want to say commercial because then people won't tune in and think it's a big deal. But it's not quite a new trailer either. So you know what it is? It's a special look. Welcome to marketing. It was a special look indeed. Uh, you know, for what it was, one minute uh, of fun. A lot of stuff actually, I think, to discuss, Joseph. So let's dive in, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was uh, for a special look, not uh, more than a commercial, less than a trailer. It was really fascinating. I just wanted to start by talking a uh, big picture and I'll just throw it out there what my gut reaction was we had a ton of fun uh, when that first Mandalorian trailer came out really uh, diving into kind of what it meant and what it was structured uh, around and I felt that first one was so much about uh, what is the connection between the Mando and the child and what is the cost of violence you got that super mm-hmm. funny joke of uh, the child uh, closing the the pram and just literally being in the darkness surrounded by violence and it was funny but it's also that question of what is it going to do to the child? So I was really curious for something called a special look, like what would be the big picture thematic idea? And I felt like the big picture thematic idea was uh, this is a fun adventure show, too. And a lot of people are going to, you know, crash and shoot and do stuff. Yep. <laughs> I thought it was yep. so clearly and really brilliantly a commercial a special look, a trailer that reminded you this is fun and action oriented. It makes perfect sense for a general audience. And it made perfect sense uh, for a, a football audience. I don't mean any anything negative uh, to that generalization. Mm-hmm. It just felt like, hey, we got some dialogue right at the top that establishes uh, Mando is going to talk to his buddies because he's got a mission. He's going to uh, keep track of this uh, kid. He's going to find some other Mandos to keep this uh, kid safe, to take this kid back to its kind. And what's going to happen then? Uh, then these people are going to team up and they're going to kick some butt. And all those people, you probably know them from like, action movies it's carl weathers and you probably know her from her fighting career it's gina carano these people are going to get together and they're going to kick some ass for this kid that's not as important in this trailer as he is in the important in the other one you know yeah yeah look you you coined the the the, the phrase uh, the cost of the way the last time and i think that's uh, that is on display here and uh, i love that you said that it is just makes a lot of sense season one this is the way now the cost of the way and 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 the cost of the way is fun uh, adventure with some violence and some woos. We need woos. <laughs> and we did. We got a straight up woo. <laughs> Star Wars woo. <laughs> we crushed a biker scout. Woo. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Oh, I, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> Is that an acceptable woo to you to crush a biker scout against a rock wall at high uh, speeds? I mean, Look, we're not we're not yet at predictions, right? Uh, I don't know if we're going to do predictions episode, but I'll make that. That is J- that is Jason Sudeikis, right? That's got to be Jason. Sudeikis. <laughs> Maybe Adam Pally, but definitely Sudeikis. Oh yeah, yeah. This is uh, really the second uh, season is about vengeance, right? Vengeance, <laughs> the cost of the way for you, Jason Sudeikis trooper. Yeah. Uh, you just didn't see the child looking out the window of that transport, going, yeah. Got yeah, because oh, where is the child? There's a lot of not child in this trailer and in that yeah. whole sequence. Uh, what was your any other thoughts on like just the big picture of kind of what this was and what it communicated? Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, the, the big picture, I definitely want to get to the uh, micro level of it here. But this just straight up saying I, I need to find more Mandalorians. 
Yeah. And what that means, it's going to probably be the bulk of what we talk about here. But I was like, okay, cool. That, that's a, that is a thesis statement for the essay we're about to read here. I need to go find more Mandalorians. They can help me. Yeah. And uh, that just spun my, my brain off into a lot of different uh, possibilities. No, I agree with you. That was, I think, to me, the single biggest new piece of information. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think we should definitely uh, reserve some time in our breakdown to talk about that. Uh, but let's uh, let's go through some of the beats and uh, we're not going to super go frame by frame. I only as a Pruder films one part of this uh, <laughs> to try to figure which, something out. Which part or, or is that a big reveal later? Uh, no, I, I was trying to see if that uh, character in the vehicle with Cara Dune and Grief Karga was the unidentified Mithril from the first uh, episode, the first chapter. Uh, I believe so, right? I think I did a little of that too. It uh, looks very similar ears, similar similar coloring. I looked up the character because you know some things, some names are trickling in from weird places and things that didn't have a name uh, when the Mandalorian was first uh, streamed uh, mm. season one. And uh, Wikipedia has him as unidentified Mithril. There you go. I'm gonna just call him Mister Vactube. Um, <laughs> I think I saw Mister Vactube again. <laughs> I think so too. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I've got the freeze frame up right now as we're recording, and I would say so. Yeah, I did not do that one. I, I looked uh, to make sure that was a uh, uh, the the skeleton of a bantha. I, you know, I did look at the bantha skeleton too. That was great. Were, were you thinking it was going to be another kind of skeleton? Yeah, you know what? I thought it might. We might just go to straight to a crap dragon or everything. But uh, I, I would put the, the the money on bantha. We got the bantha horns. Uh, I, I guess they're. Uh, it looked pretty good. So yep, yeah. Final confirmation that Banthas are not immortal. Sad, mm. but perhaps necessary to the story of Star Wars. Uh, yeah, so let's just start right away at the beginning. We get uh, that shot that we've seen before, which is honestly one of my favorite <sighs> yeah. shots. So beautiful of the Razor Crest in the my beloved X-Wing zipping through those beautiful clouds. Uh, but we get the uh, X-Wing, uh, a pilot from the X-Wing, I would assume, saying Razor Crest stand down. Uh, and so there's been some back and forth from the clips we've seen about, you know, is this going to be a conflict? Is it going to start as a conflict and end as a buddy picture? Who knows? Uh, yeah. But I was interesting, interested. There can always be deception in the way things are cut together. But I, it made me interested to see if that interaction with the X-Wings is cut together with what now appears to be a crash of the Razor mm -hmm. Crest on that icy planet and a need to repair. Uh, what did you think of all that? Did you think that that was all those images and ideas were connected or do you think that's a deceptive splicing i mean if just on this alone i was like oh yeah god they're chasing them everything but yeah going to the previous trailer which i did watch uh, again tonight i mean i definitely got the sense of teamwork um so i am i am keeping a, a distance of a solid prediction here uh, because, uh, because uh i think there might be some trailer chicanery but the crash, we know 100% certain, and someone's telling them to stand down, and someone ain't happy, and it goes back to your your topic uh, sentence of, of the cost of all of this and the cost of violence. We've seen two looks, trailers, looks, and both times, Razor Crest not doing so good. <laughs> nope. This is the cost of the way indeed. Uh, you know what? My mind went on this when I was thinking about even the possibility, and again, it, it could be, as you just said, trailer chicanery. Uh right. If the X-Wings are protecting that icy planet, for you, does that make you think more that it could be Ilum or Lest? Do you think the New Republic at this time, a couple years out from Return of the Jedi, uh, reclaiming the galaxy, do you think Luke said to his sister, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. uh, fellow uh, Jedi and, and leader, you know, we should really make sure Ilum's 
left alone. And there's some, you know, X-Wings patrolling. I, I got to say, this makes me think less, just less. That crash, <laughs> that leak. Um, and, you know, then you get into the weeds of w- when do they really know about Elam and when was it a kind of a race from the archives or, you know, the unknown regions, all that stuff. And I could see exactly what you're saying. I kind of want at some point, Luke, to be like, there's a thing we got to be worried about over there. And I think the Empire might have already been on it. In fact, oh, look at this. Uh, my friend Cal Kestis, who I just met, said, uh, <laughs> I um, found his grave in his uh, the holocron he left behind. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're getting wonderfully dark here tonight. That's a different um, prediction. Third that, video game. A, I'm sorry. Third video game. Poor Cal is going to. Anyway, <laughs> noble get, sacrifice. Yeah, you get to control Marin crying for 20 minutes. Um, yeah, but that crash, that ice, that lake. Uh, I thought you meant Mark Marin for a second. Anyway, well, it's a hell of a thing to record at night, isn't it? It is. It is. It is after a long day. Uh, but that crash, anyways, yeah, I, I am um, hoping for Ilum some point in Star Wars storytelling. Uh, less and less thinking it's here. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you after actually hearing myself spiral out on the storytelling of Ilum. Uh, there's more than one ice planet in Star Wars and more than one ice planet that could possibly have something, you know, related to the Jedi or the Force or maybe even we're going to see those uh, fabled snow Mandalorians that I've always dreamt of. <laughs> Who knows? But it, snow DeLoreans? Snow DeLoreans, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm still excited about the X-Wing. I can't wait for the context of that. Regardless of that, I, I kind of don't care. I, any prediction, right, wrong, or otherwise, I love the New Republic having a presence, and I love it either being, you know, a, a, a ally or a threat to Mando, because I just like the New Republic being a presence that does have power, and you got to worry when those X-Wings are on your tail. So I'm Look, I, I, I don't think that's a small thing that they're in this story. We keep talking about, does the story grow big? enough to to where some names whether or not we see these characters and up some of these names of leadership in the new republic have to know i think it's a pretty big thing that x-wings aren't just uh, a bunch of directors flying well maybe bryce dallas howard is piloting when that's <laughs> and i actually would want that but you know what i mean like it's that's not that's not small that there's x-wings involved no no not at all i love the way they're used in season one and i'm so happy to see them back in uh in season two because it broadens the storytelling in a way i really like uh, that uh, wherever the Mando has to go, he he still has to deal with the legitimate government that's trying their best. Uh, anyway, I'm going to get off my New Republic uh, soapbox <laughs> and move back to our special look. Uh, then we got uh, uh, images we've seen before, but a little bit more detail of uh, Mando on what we presume is Navarro and saying, greeting uh, Cardoon and Grief Karga saying, I'm here on business. I need your help. I've been quested to bring this one back to its kind. Now, mm. before we dive into the details, I'm going to ask you again: trailer chicanery? Do you think he's? Do you think this is actually dialogue to uh, Cara Dune and Grief Karga? Uh, this is me needing to watch episode eight again. Are they? They're either not aware of that mission, right? Uh, and they weren't there when the armorer said that, or they were, and I just can't remember. I honestly can't remember. I thought it was cut over this scene. I didn't see it as that. Yeah, it, it felt mm-hmm. a little off to this scene. It felt more like the trailer has two things to do. One, just make a really clear thesis statement of, hey, uh, are, are you not a super intense Star Wars fan? Here's the basic uh, a reminder. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, the Mando got this uh, child, this baby Yoda, and now he's uh, he needs help. Uh, he's on a quest to return him to its kind. And here are his pals, Kara uh, and Grief. And I think those could be two different idea points that were smashed together in this trailer for time and excitement completely right yeah uh but what do you make of that just hearing the dialogue uh 
I guess either one, either the dialogue or the greeting of care and grief, uh, which one excites you more? That this uh, dialogue, I've been quested to bring this one back to its kind, uh, regardless of who he's saying it to, or are you more kind of fascinated by Mando reconnecting with uh, Kara and grief? I am excited for the reconnection. Um, still like the characters, love Carl Weathers. Um, uh, you know, want to see him and getting to see him in action in the gun turret. That, that's, that's just going to be cool and everything. But I, I am just really uh, intrigued by him. The way he said that again, who he says that is probably key, but like uh, that, that's not an easy thing for the Mando to say, cause this is his, this is his child now, so to speak. Uh, is he prepared to, to give it up? What on the journey, you know, would make him change his mind or, you know, this isn't a great cool here. Have, have fun. I'm, I'm back to my regular life. If he meets a bunch of Mandalorians or a Jedi, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and so that, that is his mission, but what is that mission going to do to him and their relationship is one of the things we keep going back to. So that's why I was really intrigued by the delivery of that line. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really intrigued by him just phrasing it that way. A, it's just like a straight up like, wow, talk about romance versus realism in Star Wars. This is just like what a character would say in Dungeons and Dragons. This is what an NPC would say in a relatively early like fantasy video game of like, this is my quest. This is straight up what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but it also implies like in, in uh, chapter eight, when the armor kind of gives him the assignment, it feels to me like she's validating him of like, hey, mm -hmm. you're already on this path because of your choices. So I'm validating as your sort of cultural leader that you have you're on the right path. Keep going. But to phrase it this way, absolves him of responsibility and absolves him of choice. He's just saying, I've been told to do this, which to me just kind of hints at a little bit of a conflict about whether or not how he actually feels about being on this quest. Yes, yes, and I know we're breaking down a line from a TV spot that could be over any image, but that you just touched upon something. The way he's saying it is like he doesn't either. Either I don't know. I don't know if he does. He's not happy about it. He's not he, whatever. It's my job. I'm not saying that, but just like there's some yeah conflict. I, I can't think of a, a different word than that. Just uh, you know, attention to the idea, attention with the idea. No, I just think it's like uh, I just am really excited that that might be a vibe of this season and a vibe of this continuing relationship that he truly does love the child, but it also changes his identity and he's just not sure about it all. So there's this slight resentment. I think it's it feels like an 80s comedy where like, you know, an action hero uh, gets assigned to protect an eight year old. And at first they're like cramping my style. I don't want to do this, but I do love you. But, uh, you know exactly like that exactly the other thing i loved about this line is i'm here on business i need your help when have we ever seen the mando go anywhere that was not on business that's true yeah i want a, an episode of mando just at a space casino just uh having drinks and gambling for, yeah for i feel like the only time we've ever seen him just chill a little bit uh was in on the mission where he met cara dune uh where they chilled there for a while in the village um, so that made me interested of like, is, is that who he's talking to? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very interested in that. Uh, then, uh, we see some other shots, one of which included the Bantha skeleton, which is just fun. Do you have anything else to share about the Bantha skeleton? I mean, in terms of predicting planets, uh, I, I am excited by the possibility of, of Tatooine by possibility. I mean, I mean, all signs indicate this is not 
Papuine. This is Tatooine. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I like Tatooine, man. And I, it, it, episode five has grown on me since it, it first showed up uh, for a, a lot of what it did for Tatooine and this place we love and, and a good use of it. And to go back and yes, there's rumors of, you know, who's there. I'm not even concerned about that. I just like this planet and the possibilities of this planet are, are endless because it's a, it's a, it's a dirty, grimy underworld. Yeah, yeah, I think that's all great. I think for me, I just had the really surface level visceral. That's cool uh, because we know from behind the scenes how many people working on this uh, are people who grew up with the original trilogy. Uh, I mean, some people obviously who love the original trilogy maybe didn't grow up on it, but other people who like worked on it. Uh, mm. In seeing a Bantha skeleton just has that feel that somebody involved went. I always saw that crate dragon, and I always wondered, did the Bantha skeletons just lie there in the sand? Cool. Right. Let's put that in. So I just got the you know great thrill from that, just surface level fun of digging into Star Wars and showing us some things that are very familiar but also totally new. Absolutely, yeah. I I I, um, I, and I, I like me some Banthas. I don't want one to die, but it's part of the landscape, and I like that. Yeah. I, well, I don't think uh, I'm going to guess that it was not just recently killed, but <laughs> <laughs> who knows? No. You never how know. Do, how do animals die? <laughs> Yeah, hopefully there was not some horrible, you know, organic yeah. machine. Anyway, you know what I mean. Uh, let's move on to, I think, uh, as you pointed out, the key quote of the special look. Uh, if I can locate other Mandalorians, they can guide me. So uh, I just want to kick it off with this. I I had a, a kind of a shock reaction to that. I was kind of happy to hear that line because it almost felt like uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni staring out from my television saying, Joseph, remember, it's not all about the Jedi. <laughs> the first episode is not he's going to find uh, Ahsoka and then he's going to go find. Oh, well, yeah. You know what? Calcastus did survive. You know what? Oh, here's Ezra. Oh, here's Luke Scott. You know, like it was yeah. we've all been so excited about the force users he might encounter and the Jedi temples he might go to. And I still think that might be a part of this season. But this was like really resetting the stakes of like uh, this is he's laying a path towards finding where the child is from. And the first path is finding other Mandalorians. So let's take a deep breath about the sheer volume of force user Jedi content. Mm. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, well, well, look, that first trailer, the first trailer, you know, the 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 VO and, and uh, whoever Sasha Banks is playing and it connects up there. I mean, it, it, it's very mystical, that first trailer. So, I, you know, I know you love the Jedi. Don't uh, you know, you don't need to beat yourself up too bad. Uh, <laughs> some, some use of this uh, and then with the child himself. But yeah, a great line. I love that line. Uh, and outside of beyond rumors of cast and characters. Uh, again, like we said up top, this is just a really interesting challenge to him and what's already happened in the series. Yeah. Did it, what kind of storytelling or what kind of ideas did it uh, pop into your mind? Is that why it excited you that you thought about like, ooh, I didn't really think he was going to do that. So where would that go? This idea that uh, this Mudhorn clan that's now been formed, uh, that is basically him and the child and I guess whoever else and it, you don't have to be. You know, from Mandalore, you, you know, uh, we, we now know that the, that's this side of canon. We know George's Clone Wars version that Filoni built out. And that's where I'm interested. So if he does run into, and all right, you know, the rumors of Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan shows up. She's someone not worried about keeping the mask on or off when, when unless she's fighting. Um, she has she is steeped in not just Mandalorian uh, culture, but 
legacy and name. Uh, and if it's her or anyone else, it doesn't matter. Anyone else that he runs into in the greater galaxy uh, that isn't, uh, you know, anyone from um, the clans that he was, um, you know, uh, working with already or that we've already seen on the show. What What is their way and what is his way? And are we going to have those? Hey, we all know you had this canon question last year of whose masks stay on or not. But are we going to have a big... Uh, is that going to be part of it? Not that they're going to sit around and go, why do you take your mask off? Um, or why don't you? But you know what I mean? Like the themes of, <laughs> of Mandalorians uh, coming together. Can they work together? Can they form a new way? Uh, is Bo-Katan trying to unite many divided and scattered remnants of the Mandalorian people? Um, uh, that's the kind of stuff that excites me. Yeah, no, I think that's all great, and and I totally agree. And I think, you know, I can almost picture a scene where he finds Bo-Katan. She makes... Uh, great sense as a person to find because she not only knows the history of Mandalore and can give us some of those kind of canon answers, but she also she's met plenty of Jedi and she might have a line on uh, on what that's all about for for our Mando. So that all makes sense. But as you were talking and saying, you know, she's not going to just lay it all out I'm like, well, <laughs> uh, much like Moff Gideon, maybe she does. Maybe maybe Mando finds her. She takes off the helmet. We get the cool reveal. It's Bo-Katan. Then she waits for him to take his helmet off, and he just doesn't. And she's just like, fundamentalist. Like, <laughs> it could be that simple, right? That you just get that tip of the iceberg nod of like, even, you know, even Bo-Katan, who has been part of Death Watch and, and all of these things. Like, that's that's yeah. that's your way. I know that little, you know, covert you got going, this is the way. Got it. But that's not my way right now, you know? Yeah. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, though, no, uh, that you're right. That, that could she could pull off her mask. It could, could be Katie Sekoff going, "You are Din Djarin. Uh I am Bo-Katan. Cries. <laughs> Here's my belief. This is an e-web rep- repeating blast. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Uh, yeah. So once I got past the um, the reminder that this is not going to go from zero to Jedi necessarily right away. Uh, mm. That there's be this other step in between. That that's his approach, which which is great. I'm excited by. Um, I got really excited about all that Mandalorian storytelling because you and I have talked a lot about uh, that we want all of these Mandalorian stories uh, to emerge so that we really understand the broader scope of Mandalorian history uh, during the Imperial reign and that so that we really understand what it means to the Mando. And that made me think that this season, in terms of what it's about for the Mandalorian, if he's looking first for other Mandalorians, which we've been told are are very few and scattered, and if they pop their head out of the ground, they risk being slaughtered by Imperial remnants, uh, that that means that the Mando is confronting his own culture and his own past, mm. finding other Mandalorians, and maybe they have a different way, maybe they have the same way, maybe we learn that they all went into this much more traditional, you don't take your helmet off way, 
But also that means he's pretty directly has to confront the trauma of whatever exactly the Empire did to Mandalore and the Mandalorians. Um, and we know that there was uh, some stuff that happened right there at the end of the Clone Wars, which wasn't great. But again, because uh, there seems to be a lot of confusion about this point, we know that we caught up with the Mandalorians uh, in Rebels getting ready to rise up against the Empire. And then something crushing and awful happened, and we only have hints at it. And this feels like if he has to go find other Mandalorians probably by the act of just finding them, he's putting them at risk, right? Uh, and what is that going to tell us about the trauma of what has done to, been done to them? Well, I, I would, uh, gosh, as you're talking, it's, and this is, this is just wild, wild uh, just shot in the dark, but just like, hey, you know, what if he shows up and it's like, cool, where were you? Where was your clan? Oh, your armor seems pretty cool with a hammer. She can beat stormtroopers. Where were, where was she when we were being crushed? Or was she scattered too? And, well, how come you didn't stick around? There could be tension, uh, you know, and I want there to be some sort of tension. We're, we're joking about the helmets, but that's a good starting point of if, if the Darksaber's there, you know, Gideon's got the Darksaber. What does Darksaber represent? It's beyond just the sword and the stone. You don't pull it out and you're automatically the leader. You have to earn it. It's how you use it. You could uh, use the Darksaber to unite or you could use it to divide and destroy as Maul did or as others wanted to do. So if that's in play too, um, what are you going to do with that? Or what are you going to do? Is, is Bo-Katan rallying the troops uh, mm. and having problems? And is this one of them? I, I, you know, um, I don't necessarily think she's going to point a finger. I, again, we're assuming this is, I, I, I do not know this character showing up, but uh, any, it uh, doesn't matter. Any other character um, shows up, you know, Todd Vizsla, Favreau uh, <laughs> voice, voicing the, his third Vizsla uh, member, puts, puts a finger in his chest and says, you know, uh, you know, who, who you on, who, who you fighting, you, your mission doesn't matter or, or, you know, take the, or, or the kid is a powerful weapon. It's the ring. Uh, it's, it's, it's Faramir and Boromir saying, give it to us, give it to Gondor. We could use this mm. and we could rise up. We could unite. Yeah. That's big. That's giant. I don't necessarily think the show uh, yet is going to build to that, but you know, that kind of idea, th that's what excited me. That one line, man, it excites me of, of, of a lot of possibility of, of, of Mando on Mando debate. Yeah, Mando philosophy. I think that's what this action-packed commercial during Monday Night Football was implying. Mando philosophy <laughs> talks. But yeah, I'm, I'm, as you're talking, I'm really thinking about, maybe, maybe you're right, I think this is what you're saying, is there could be some great philosophy that the armor was really like, it, we have to, you know, go underground to live. Like, we'll send Din Djarin out. He is one of the best of us. Uh, so he's, you know... He's uh, hunting and he's, uh, you know, basically um, keeping us all, he's providing for us. And maybe yeah. uh, Bo-Katan or someone else is really more like, no, I'm going around the galaxy gathering up our forces and we are Mandalore and we're going to fight back. And yeah, that, that'd be really yeah. fascinating. Uh, yeah. My last thought on this is if I can locate other Mandalorians, they can guide me. Is there a possibility that that means Boba Fett counts? Is it? is one of the Mandalorians he's going to find Boba Fett. Now, see, you're, uh, <laughs> you're bringing another dog to this fight. And I loved it for it. <laughs> now, I, I, the, just a, a, a directly addressing the, these rumors again, you, you and I've talked about it. I'm sure we're not done talking about it if we, uh, you know, start getting ready for the season, the season, which is again, only a week or so away here. 
of what they could really do. I'm excited about just what they did with the Tuscan Raiders in one scene in episode five. <laughs> Recontextualize, give us some depth, change the story, change the narrative a little bit. To do that with Boba Fett, you and I, I think, are both mutually excited about this idea of um, does Boba Fett, if he's there, find some sort of redemption? Is he is he against Injard? Is is he find redemption? And and man, show show me the way because. I'd like to be something better than I am because who I was before, though it started with trauma, I ended up in the bottom of a Sarlacc pit. And even though I escaped, I don't want to be there again. Like, I don't, I, you know, is that, and, and, and if Bo-Katan shows up who, or anyone, anyone from Mandalore proper shows up and is like, oh, you're Boba Fett? No, no, no. You ain't one of us. Yeah. That's, That's really, but Yeah. I love that because if there's any possibility and this is I, I'm having a great time with this just being like, you know, kids on the playground or uh, when I was in my 20s, uh, nerds at the bar just going, what if, what if um, there's a great. Is, nerd, hold on. is nerds at the bar, the sketch comedy show, Comedy Central never aired, but should have. <laughs> they really should have. I, I tried to sell it to them uh, in a roundabout way. That's another story. Anyway, uh, if. Mandalore, or if the man, if the Mando gets a lead and somebody says, I know where Mandalorian is, and he finds broken down, no armor Boba Fett, and he's like, This guy, wait, Boba Fett, that this guy is not a Mandalorian, he never was. And you know, what if Boba Fett's perspective is, Yeah, I was. My father took the armor, you know, he had it by right, you know, uh, it's a, it's a creed. I, I think I followed the creed, like that would be fascinating. And I, I just so hopeful that if we get Boba Fett, not only are we going to get the juicy character uh, stuff, mm -hmm. but the true perspective on does Boba Fett consider himself a Mandalorian and what are those rules? Yeah. And if and if the Mando, if Din is like, yeah, I need to get this uh, uh, little baby to uh, his kind. I guess he's a Jedi. Have you heard of that? <laughs> and Boba Fett's like, have I heard of Jedi? And oh, flashback to his father's head. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's there. You and I are pitching a lot of great scenes in a dark lit <laughs> cantina where a lot of like talking head scenes, a lot of uh, we need to figure this out. Uh, it's Pacino, De Niro, and Heat that we got going on. <laughs> I'm very excited, very excited for this. All right, should we move on from the Mandalorian speculation? Yes, yeah. to the Mandalorian special look spec uh, speculation. Uh, I was really just kind of fascinated that we got a little recut of the gladiator scene, but skipping. Mm -hmm. The cute baby Yoda joke, which is another thing that made me feel like this trailer is just uh, it's for action. It's for fast moving. Let's get our foot on the gas and let's uh, show people this is going to be action adventure Star Wars, too. Mm, yes. Yes. I'm looking at the freeze frame of that too right now. Yeah, it was a little different. It didn't. Yeah. It, yeah. It skipped that, you know, great joke. But on on one hand, like, great, you already played the joke and you don't want to be the comedian who's saying it again louder, <laughs> you know, because people didn't uh, laugh enough the first time, you know, by playing it in the second trailer. But it also just feels like that's not what this trailer is for. You know, there isn't a lot cute in this trailer. This trailer is about kicking butt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we, so then we go to kicking butt. Uh, we see a little bit more of the biker scout chase. We see uh, Cara Dune, Grief Karga, and we believe unidentified Mithril. Uh, in a cool cargo thing, they do some smashing of the biker scout, uh, cuts back and forth with them, maybe infiltrating a base. Maybe it's the same scene. Maybe it's trailer chicanery. Uh, did you get any thoughts on sort of like what this mission is? You know, is it uh, rescuing the child? Is it getting uh, if, if they've lost the child Is it because he's not in these scenes? Is it, you know, getting Imperial data on where uh, Mandalorians or Jedi might be? Is it that Bo-Katan is in Imperial custody because that's, 
you know, she lost probably, we think, maybe to Moff Gideon. So she's got he's got her under lock and key. Do you have any mm-hmm. speculations along those lines? Oh, you're saying some things I like there. My, my initial thought was uh, that they're that they need Horatio Sands, myth, the mithril here, uh, that he's got some sort of information. We never really knew who he was. There wasn't a point to that. It was an opening sequence. It was it was exposition and kind of setting the tone for what the, the Mando was doing on a day to day basis. Uh, we get it. And it was a great way to reference Life Day. Um, but now you can add something to the story. So maybe he does know a little bit more. Maybe he's aware of some some things. So maybe it's an information thing. But the idea of busting out um, Bo-Katan or, or anyone or any Mandalorian that they need for the mission is, is exciting to me. It looks like a, it looks like a bust out. Um, and um, I, I like that idea. I like it's It's a big sequence for this show. Uh, what do we get? Uh, episode three, we had the big fight with the Mandos coming out from the, the sewers, so to speak. Uh, that was kind of the biggest sequence in the show other than things on a smaller scale. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the big standoff in, in chapter seven, chapter eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. But even that one was shot. A lot of, it was close, you know, it was, yeah. uh, yeah. So this, this looks a lot bigger, uh, and, and look, we're already seeing the volume is allowing them to do things that they maybe even couldn't do in season one. So, uh, yeah, big bust out sequence. I'll take that. Yeah, I, that would be fun. I, I think that would be really interesting. Uh, you got to kick ass to get some information or to free your friends or both. Um, how much are you feeling that some of these scenes are in early episodes because, you know, I look at this and I could go, wow, that uh, going and uh, getting grief and Kara and having this adventure, maybe that's chapter one, you know? I kind of tend to agree with you. I, I, you know, I know, I think you and I are both hesitant to really, we're not, we're not known for just laying down a bunch of predictions, right? But, but uh, we tried to track the themes and everything. And, and, and season one was just so slow roasting, right? It just was, it took its time and I would still like to see that, but beginning episode one, starting big, if, especially if we're close after the events of, of season one, I wouldn't mind going that way, then slowing down a bit and, and, and picking up in the end. So I could see a big sequence at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I could see, uh, I could see them starting with a bang. That just kind of makes sense. Yeah. They're like, welcome yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense for the TV show. Now, story-wise, if they're leaving Navarro and, and he has to turn right back around and grab uh, grief and, and, and cartoon. Yeah. But I, 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 yeah, I, I, either one works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Can't wait to see uh, just a couple more shots. Really. We get uh, just more of that action spliced together. We see a cool shot of TIE fighters. And then we end with, uh, again, a special look that really wants to remind you this is action packed adventure. A Mandalorian blasting across the sky in a jetpack uh, really says forward movement and action. Do you get anything new out of uh, those scenes or any different thrill out of a full jetpack Mando? Well, I'll tell you, it's one of the other things I kind of want to talk about that moment. It's the music underneath it that really just got me excited. I, 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 oddly enough, and I've said this before, I just have a, I'm an anti-jetpack, jetpack guy. (laughs) I I don't like playing them. I don't like them in G.I. Joe. I don't like them uh, in my Star Wars too much. Uh, I don't like them in Battlefront too. I'm not good at playing those characters, but uh, I'm fine with the Mandalorians having them. It was kind of built into it. I was was raised with Boba Fett having a jetpack. Um, but that whole sequence is exciting. The music, not surprising, spectacular. Um, already you got the feel that these are classic themes and we're hearing brand new, bigger versions of them. 
And that, that scene, the jetpack scene got me excited. Yeah, I think there's something about it. Just you're right, the music, and it's just such a great visual way to say, hey, the Mandalorian's back. And honestly, literally better than ever because he leveled up and he got a jetpack. Um, but there's also just, I think, the feeling that I get when I picture the Mando and he seems so confident and so like raring with that jetpack. And it makes me think of lots of images of season one of him kind of trundling along of him. You know, mm-hmm. he's got he's on a speeder every once in a while, but a lot of times his ship is broken. A lot of times he actually does just have to walk somewhere really far. And it's just got this great actual uh, like we know that a natural evolution of a story is characters sort of ascending and becoming more powerful. And it, there's just something kind of thrilling about that on a thematic level to just fe- see that visually realized of he is becoming more uh, a Mandalorian, more of who he's meant to be eventually. And he literally has more power and he's literally not stuck to the earth anymore. He's zipping around. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's Soren. Your your description and his and Ludwig's music. We're, we're, we got a big sequence. <laughs> we're cooking. Uh, yeah, so then the only other thing that I really pulled out uh, from the trailer is that the text is pretty straightforward that pops on the screen that says the next chapter begins. Uh, it's, you know, the next chapter is separated and then begins. Uh, and I thought that was nice because, again, I think this special look was really about uh, more casual Star Wars fans, general audience in general. Uh, saying, hey, remember, uh, keep your Disney Plus subscription or renew it. Um, and I think just the next chapter begins is just a great way to say, hey, uh, there's more to see before and after this. You know, if you haven't seen the first season, if you want to rewatch it, remember, this isn't the first chapter. But it's also not saying, you know, the story concludes or just the next chapter. That phrase really to me is like, hey, remember, this is going to be with us for a little while. Yeah, it's your, it's your Star Wars for a bit, and it's comforting. Yeah, yeah, this is this is your Star Wars, kids. That you could have said that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is your Star Wars, kids. You have any other thoughts on the special look? Uh, I uh, did want to mention the music. We did. I just loved it. I, I, like I, to to put a final thought on it for me with the music. It, it it some of the tones, and you know, I, again, I don't know what's going to appear in the show under which scenes and, and whatnot, but uh, it's so f- just. I just love this this this. We, you and I talk about music a lot too, of, of just like you, you hear a, a a great band and then their second or third or next album, doesn't matter which comes out and you're like, I don't know, it's not as good as the last one. And then a year later, you're like, that second one is amazing. <laughs> it, it's Ludwig Gorge shows up season one. The music is immediately Star Wars, but something entirely new. I think a lot of people just fall in love with the score and the music put out there, but now, so now it's already there and it already feels timeless. It really does to me. And to hear remixes in this, it was similar to in rise of Skywalker towards the end with kind of, I call it the, the rock and raise theme. Like that's just the big trans Siberian orchestra version of <laughs> Ray's during the fight. Um, I really love that. And I loved hearing that here. And I, I just want to highlight that again. You know, I'm right there with you. I agree with you about Ray's theme that you first hear it in The Force Awakens. It's so haunting. And then you get to the third one and you could have never really imagined if you watched the first one. Like, that's going to be the ass kicking music. (laughs) But it works really well. And I think the same thing is applying here to uh, to Ludwig Gorthensen's score that it did such a great job just being iconic and utterly recognizable. So you just... You know, yeah. I think it's going to be that kind of thing where, you know, when when we're all out in the world more and 
you know, some, sometime, someday I'm just going to be walking through a mall and that's going to come on (laughs) is the the music, you know, in a mall. And I'm going to want to drop everything I'm doing and pretend to be the Mandalorian. Right. It's just that music is just like Mandalorian. Now he's going to kick ass, you know, you, you, you ain't lying, man, because, you know, episode one, he walks in and do, 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 do. I'm doing that with that whistle bad. But then to hear it here, it's like, gong, 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 gong. I'm like, oh, yeah, Mando's here. Uh, it works, man. It works. Yeah. Yeah. So I, this this whole uh, special look, you know, I really wasn't sure if I wanted any more content. I am glad that it didn't give a ton more away because uh, I like to go in without knowing a bunch. Uh, but it really worked. It got me really, really pumped. And I feel like. It uh, pointed us in some interesting directions, uh, storyline-wise, uh, thematically, but also is just that great reminder that there's all of these different parts of Star Wars to love, and a part of it is just the fun, bizarre, really unique aesthetic in the action adventure, and um, mm-hmm. it just made me really extra pumped for the next chapter. Yeah, no, and uh, not a ton of Baby Yoda, but what we got of the child, really good. Really good. Got some good ear movements. I like it. <laughs> it was high quality, the little bit of ear time we had with the child. Uh, so that's it. That's what I got. Yeah, no, that's what I got, too. A uh, lot of fun. And, hey, look, I don't care if it's a minute. I actually love that it's a minute. I think you and I are on the same page. Love that there's a lot of things. There was no big reveals, no big answers, just themes, statements, and a lot of wondering. And that's what I love because I want uh, to sit down for the first time Uh, next week and just have it all roll out in front of me for the first time i'm excited about that yeah yeah and i don't want to be able to put all the pieces together so you're like i think i know that he's going to go to that ice planet in chapter six and i like that you know we got enough uh for you and i to talk for 40 minutes (laughs) yeah Uh, but we still have uh plenty to wonder about as well and isn't it nice to just when you can kind of feel all of the Star Wars fandom sitting down on the couch to watch a, a Cowboy a Cardinal game to get to this, you know, you just kind of, I love that kind of connective energy. Just we're all kind of, hey, this is exciting. Uh, you know, that's why I'm happy with it. Only a minute long. I didn't need to be, I didn't, didn't need it to be a second longer. I'm happy. No, it was perfect. It was great. It was indeed, and that is our special look at the special look of The Mandalorian. We are almost there, folks, and here on Force Center, we are going to be bringing back The Mandalorian Report and going into the episodes each week. Uh, We will probably be doing, I know we we love to take our time here a little bit of Force Center, but I think, Joseph, we're going to work on the schedule, maybe have it out a little sooner so you all can... uh, ruminate with us each episode but that's gonna be a lot of fun going beat by beat during this year you know yeah i cannot wait uh, to just uh, dive into all of it uh, every single episode and uh, i think a lot of it will just be discussing the child's ears so i'm looking forward to that the mandalorian report and the child's ears the ear report indeed <laughs> hey if you were a, a, a long time force center fan you know where to find us but we'll remind you anyways or maybe you're just discovering us uh, because uh, you're looking for insight into the uh, special look you just saw you're getting ready for the mandalorian season two we are force center you can follow us on twitter at force center pod use the hashtag force center to join the conversation you can like us on facebook subscribe on youtube follow on instagram podcasts available in a lot of different spots including now Amazon Music, if that's where you like to get your podcast. They're getting into that world now because 
Why not? Uh, you can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And you can support us uh, directly on patreon.com slash force center or even through anchor. You can support directly there too, but Patreon, uh, the support there makes a lot of cool things happen like new theme songs, special events and more. And as uh, we always say, Hey, just tell a friend about force center too. That is a great way to support us as well. We get our own things as well. Uh, you can go to me at Ken Napsack or Ken Napsack.com, find out information on shows, podcasts, and more. You can go to josephscrimshot.com as well for you. Uh, Joseph, never want to speak for you, but that is your website. You know? That is true. You, you can speak for me. That is my website, uh, josephscrimshot.com for all my comedy adventures. And if you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, that's at josephscrimshot as well. Absolutely. That is it for now. We'll see you with some Star Wars news, deep dives, Clone Wars report. It's all here on Force Center. This is our way. We'll see you next time.